I feel like lately I've been feeling like very, very uninspired. Um, even after, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if it's this a temporary phase, but I've also be been rethinking like TikTok too. I, I think I've been using TikTok unhealthily. I check it to see like, oh, how many views have I been getting? Oh, have we been getting new followers? That sort of thing. And it's just becoming like unhealthy for me. Okay, so you mainly have an issue with the usage on your end. But in terms of the actual content that you're creating, how do you feel about that? It's fun because I do love talking about dating and relationships. And I think it is nice to put my knowledge to good use. But I think how like the purpose of it is healthy. But the what I'm like, the results I'm seeking is not. I think it's a matter of controlling yourself from over usage. So if you see that you're scrolling way too much, maybe maybe limit your usage. Like with a bot with a podcast, it's different. I focus more on the content and not the the results. But with TikTok, it's just so easy to focus on the results because it has like that um that view count. Yeah, I think it boils down to you having to think about what is your purpose for doing this. And if you go back to that, like your source for inspiration, mm-hmm. that will help a lot. And in that case, you won't focus so much on the results, but rather what you are contributing. But yeah, but back to the podcast, though. Uh, yeah, I've also been feeling a little bit uninspired with that, too. This YouTuber called Thomas Frank, he actually came out with a video of like uh, why you feel uninspired and something like that the other day. And he talked about how you just really need to broaden your horizons and knowledge. And I feel like I wasn't doing that. We talked about this too, where we, for a period of time, we were focused too much on creating content about self-improvement, but that we weren't really focusing on the self-improvement ourselves. And that leads to the whole gaining knowledge thing. I was so focused on creating content that I wasn't really, you know, reading or listening to podcasts and stuff like that. But the last week I actually got back into it. In one of our episodes, we talked about the last episode, we talked about 2020 revelations. And I mentioned my whole, uh, my value system on how each month I want to focus on one value. So for February, I want to focus on the curiosity portion I want to make it more of an effort to read more and listen to more podcasts. Can you you remind us what your value that you were focusing on for this past month? And do you think you've kept up with it? Yes. So January, I wanted to focus on discipline. And for discipline, I wanted to go back into creating lists again. Um, Lists with things I needed to accomplish every single day. And I was able to do that like pretty well all of January and actually complete the tasks and stuff like that. So I would give myself like an A minus with that for January. And it's something like I'm obviously going to continue on throughout February. But for February, I want to focus more on the curiosity value. Any opportunity I can't I can get to learn something new I will take yeah I've pretty much stopped listening and reading to anything Um, but I'm slowly starting to get back into that so at the end of my planner there's a section for 
you know, recipes you've cooked, shows you've watched, books you've read and all of that. And so I'm trying to fill that out every single month to see how much I've done and kind of tracking how much I've read or how much I've watched kind of helps me stay on track because I do want to consume more art and definitely read more books. So just the past two days, I binged two shows. <laughs> um, oh, what shows? Have you heard of Bling Empire on Netflix? It was just released. It's like the crazy rich Asians or Kim, oh, the Kingdom I saw, of Kardashians I saw a trailer for, for it. Yeah. yeah. So that only has, I think, six or eight episodes. I binged it in like a day and a half. And I've never seen Keeping Up with the Kardashians. But this was actually really interesting. The characters that they have. And these are actually real people. And yeah. have you seen Crazy Rich Asians? Yes. Yeah, like I didn't think there were actual people who lived this elaborately, but I would 100% check it out if you want some pretty good reality TV. I mean, I'm not <laughs> one who likes to watch reality TV, but this was act- genuinely interesting. I think it's just more interesting because they were Asian too. Oh, yeah. It's 100%. like Asians can be like that too. Yeah. I'll definitely put it on my list. And um, then I, the. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you the other show I watched was the live action of Wings Club? Have have you seen Wings Club when you were younger? That was one of no, my but then I saw the trailer shows. of that show too. <laughs> yeah. It looks cool. To be honest, when I first saw the trailer and all these pictures that were released beforehand, I wasn't super excited about it because they were lacking some diversity that was part of the original mm-hmm. cast, right? You know, they had an Asian fairy, they had a Hispanic fairy, and seeing the show now it's like where where is that but if you separate the live action from the cartoon the show by itself is pretty decent honestly like i enjoyed it Mm -hmm. it had a really cool twist but yeah that was one of my favorite shows ever uh, back in the day so i was excited so excited to see it have a live action and it's not what i wanted but i'm not that disappointed Mm -hmm. do they make books out of that i'm not sure i wouldn't be surprised um, but in terms of shows, I finished watching Bridgerton. Oh, I'm on the last episode. How do you feel about that show? I was on a high, like after like the second episode. And then near the end, I was like, mm, it's okay. I whenever the season whenever season two comes out, I'll definitely watch it. And so, okay, so first episode, I was a little bit hesitant because of the female actress. I thought she seemed a little bit too young in the show. Um, A little bit too young and a little bit too naive, but also that's the type of character she was trying to portray as well. But I started to like, like her even more as the show progressed. And then when their whole like love dynamic started, I was like, oh my God, I love this. Yeah, I've. It, it was a hard time for me to even get through a single episode. And then once it got into, to be honest, like half of the show is softcore porn. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just thinking like, where is the actual storyline? But the whole thing is, right, it's about the marriage situation back then and all these yeah. girls are trying to get courted. Like, how do you really make that any more interesting than what it is? Okay, so I read like an interviewer article about like the softcore porn in this show, and it kind of made sense. Their love scenes was actually really, really important in terms of their dynamic and relationship. I mean, I don't want to give, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to give out spoilers, but the sex was important 
to build up to that um that secret you know <laughs> that's true i i still feel that it was a bit excessive like the reason why people love this show is because of what the fashion oh and like i like how it did a twist on modern songs by having it played by an orchestra. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah. And the actual I, I way do, the mm. show was filmed was also really beautiful. But for me, it was just lacking in its plot. And maybe a little bit. I mean, I do love the different characters as well. They say in season two, they'll focus a little bit more on the brothers romance, which I'm actually excited to see. I want to know more about the sister who has has nothing to do with the marriage life. yes okay so when i first watched episode one um i thought for some reason that sister was gonna be one of the main characters have you watched euphoria yet no it seemed oh. a little corny okay yeah i have some thoughts on that so they just released their special episode of jewels one of the characters in the show and to be honest that one episode by far is the best episode yet and what i mean by that is that it's so good that it's it's better than the entire first season in my opinion like i don't think the show is that i'm trying to find the right words like because you know i always search for like a really good plot and just like character development all that and Mm -hmm. i feel like the show was mainly centered around rue who's played by zendaya and i love i love zendaya but Mm -hmm. i just thought her character was not as interesting um, but the episode that was just released that was also co-written by Hunter Schaefer, I thought was beautiful. Like, if mm-hmm. you don't watch the show, at least watch that one episode. <laughs> it was just, it was so beautiful. It was so well written. Yeah. If you were to star in a show, it doesn't have to be in an already existing show. Like, what sort of character would you want to play? Ooh, I want to play like a rebellious teen. <laughs> an angsty teen yeah one of my favorite shows i loved to watch in high school was skins the uk version mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen that show at all but it, no. it was so a lot of teen angst and i felt like i wanted to live through those characters because you know how we were in high school and middle school like we were so tame yeah and so it was nice kind of seeing the sense of rebellion from these characters um for me i i feel like i would want to play some like badass chick that had superpowers and goes on this adventure with like a group of people um and then i definitely want some romance involved uh i don't know if i want the guy to be like you know like the antagonist but turns out he's secretly on my side i don't know oh you've thought this through huh no, that just that just came up in my mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I just like want some sort of excitement in my life. Have you finished reading, uh, not Crooked Kingdom, Six of Crows? No. Come on, dude. That is, I'm. That is like, like literally. I exactly what you're explaining now. You know, a group of just badass people. I just can't get past the beginning. It's just. <laughs> I, I want to read it again so bad. Um, but they are releasing the Netflix adaptation in April. So that means I have to read the other three books before then. So, Well, maybe I'll be inspired to read it after it comes out on Netflix. Uh, it's like ever since I read that, I, I was searching for that same high that I got. Which is Hi. why it... 
Yeah, we keep going back to like, oh, we just want to constantly feel this like sense of, you know, just being adventure. On this high. Yeah, and I feel I feel that way about a lot of things in life, you know, with like relationships and everything. And I, I think I'm so used to some chaos, some form of chaos that yes. it's hard for me to just be content. And I think that's where like meditation and stuff comes to play. But I haven't been meditating. I don't love meditating. Um, <laughs> but um, just. I just know in the next few weeks, I'm probably going to get another piercing or another tattoo or just do my hair. Oh, shit. Something. <laughs> I need it. Um, right right before this podcast started, Kim and I were talking about uh, a certain situation that happened in my life that brought a temporary sense of high that I'm not going to dive deep into, but it just like, it just shows you, I don't know, this seeking of the sense of high can be toxic depending on the situation. Detrimental. Oh, uh, yeah. Detrimental. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes I go through periods of time where I'm, I get so used to feeling, I don't want to use the word content, but just there's just like this lull. Yeah. Neutral. Like feeling neutral is bad, but it shouldn't be. Right. Yeah, that's just our our normal stance, right? But we're all yeah. aspiring to just constantly be happy, to constantly have this high. But happiness is still an emotion at the end of the day. And you can't, like, just because, like, you can't expect to always be sad. You can't always expect to be happy. Maybe I just need to focus on other forms of providing myself with that high. Maybe we should go on a jog. <laughs> Uh, honestly a runner's high you know that does the trick for me sometimes like I would not really do cardio as much for a few weeks but then I'd get back to it and then I'd be like wow why don't I do this every day I'm gonna wake up early in the morning just to go on a jog and then I don't do it I think I just need something new because I got stuck into a routine also just having plans like I haven't been able to plan anything especially with this pandemic this quarantine I think that's also a missing factor in my life. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. I'm just like, COVID's still a thing. And that and has... Just being excited for something. Yeah, and it's really hard I to... I miss that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been trying to twist it where... You know how I was like, right before this podcast, it's like, oh, we haven't recorded for a while. I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I'm kind of nervous. Yeah. And then and then when we're having that audio issue, I was trying to like change my... my when I was thinking, I'm like, no, I'm not nervous. I'm excited. I'm yeah. excited to record. <laughs> uh, my question is, like, why Why are you nervous? I think it's just the fact that we have these devices in front of our faces. Like, I'm well aware that we are recording. Yeah. So other people will hear it. Yeah, that's a good, that's a very good question. Why am I nervous? Because technically, like, because for this episode, we haven't planning anything. We're just chit-chatting. Yeah, I'm always afraid of just saying something dumb or overusing um, like, and just not sounding how I want to portray myself. I realized when I was working uh, yesterday of how I feel like I am, I can be naturally funny without trying sometimes. Um, Because I said something to like these people when I was working and they like cracked up and in my mind I was like, I can actually be funny. Yeah, I love making my family 
laugh. Yeah. Without even trying. And then sometimes you surprise yourself. Yeah, but it's harder for me to do that with other people because I don't think that strangers would kind of... I don't know if they would enjoy my type of humor or if Mm. they get it. Yeah. So my intro... So we... So near the end of my shift, it was a, a new patient that had came in. So... It was, she was like, I don't know, she was a mom. Her husband was there and her son was there or something like that. And, you know, when you first meet people, you kind of sense, like, what type of vibes they're giving off. And in the beginning, I was definitely a little bit intimidated because they seemed kind of quiet. And I could not get a good gauge of what their personalities were like. And I do have this really, really quick inner dialogue with myself sometimes. It's just like... I can't let that intimidate me. I'm just going to be myself and just wing it. And so like, yes, I'm good at talking to strangers, but I still have to put in a little bit of effort. Um, But yeah, I, I guess I just noticed that about myself of how like, even though it's coming a lot more naturally, I still have to be aware and put a little bit more effort into that effort into what exactly like what part um not feeling nervous and not feeling like i'm being judged so how, how do you do that though like what uh, do you actually mean by putting an effort in trying to not feel that way is it um, something that you have to remind yourself do you remind to yourself yeah up? remind myself hype myself yeah like literally this inner dialogue i have is like happens in like a span of like one or two seconds <laughs> um of you're not losing anything if you're being yourself. I think that's what I tell myself. If they don't really vibe with your type of personality, most likely they're just not going to respond how you want them to. They're not going to be like, "Ew, don't talk to me." You know, that's not that's never really happened before. They're just going to be like, I don't know, quiet and stuff like that. And that's something you just accept and you move on. Mm, yeah, this reminds me of this TikTok that I saw where this girl was describing how oftentimes when people are nervous, their immediate thought is that, okay, I need to calm down. Mm-hmm. But because nervousness is such is such a high emotion and then mm-hmm. being calm is less, right? Mm-hmm. So she was saying how in order to transform how you're feeling, you should also convert your mind into thinking of another high emotion, which is excitement. So that's mm. what I was trying to do earlier. Instead of being nervous, I was trying to condition myself to think that, no, I'm excited. Because trying mm. to force yourself to be calm, the exact opposite, isn't going to work. You have to maintain that, that I level like of highness. That. Yeah. I think that is what happens when I'm put into that situation. Um, so yeah, so those are sort of situations don't make me feel uncomfortable or nervous anymore, but there is one type of situation that just annoys me, which happened last time I worked too. So, um, I had time to like, I love talking to my patients and just like hearing little tidbits of their life stories. And so I was able to get like three life stories, um, that morning. One was this new nurse that was on, like came onto our floor. Um, she's like in her mid fifties and she has not settled down. She's, she refuses to settle down and she's actually happy with her life. She's like had so many jobs growing up. She were, used to work for the FBI real estate. She lived in New York and she, I don't know, just all over the place, um, dated several people too, but she never wanted to like settle down with someone in a specific place. 
and she's completely fine with that. Um, I don't know. So that, that concept and idea is kind of interesting to me that we can talk about another time. Um, but anyways, so there was this other patient and he was, I don't know how I got onto this conversation, but I'm like the type of person that like likes asking questions and I'm a good listener. And he starts complaining about how his wife is very controlling and selfish. And I was listening and kind of giving my two cents on what my opinion is, even though I've never been in like that sort of situation before. But then this patient starts hitting on me. So I've had, we've had, we've all had several patients where, you know, they add you on Facebook after they leave the hospital just to see how you're doing. You know, it's cute. So he adds me on Facebook while he's still in the hospital. I accept. I go on my lunch break and he messages me this really long thing about like thanking me for listening. And he continues complaining about this wife, right? And I read mm, it. I don't really respond. Yeah, I don't respond back because I'm still working and I'll see him. Like I'll talk to him about it if I'm there. And so things get busy and he messages me again. Um, and he says like, Oh, I'm sorry if I offended you in any way. Hope you're having a good work day or something like that. So I saw that, did, still didn't respond back. Then he, honestly, by the end of the day, he had like quadruple texts in me. He's like, oh, I miss talking to you. Hope everything's going well. And then I was literally avoiding his room the whole entire time. Like that is like the one type of situation where it just makes me feel um awkward and honestly I was kind of angry at the same time because a part of me felt a little bit disrespected as a person it's like I'm here trying to do my job and I was trying to be a good person you know asking you about your life and being a good listener but I felt like I was disrespected because he kind of went over that boundary and sort of respect you should have to someone who's trying to take care of you so I don't know if I was right in feeling disrespected. So. I think that is a completely valid reaction to that. But at the same time, are there no rules against patients befriending um, like nurses and every like? It's like an unspoken rule, but it just happens all the time. Um, we've had patients who have been there for like months on end and they just, you know, develop these friendships with like the whole staff and they like add us on Facebook and stuff like that. And that's fine. Like they'll probably like comment on a picture of mine, like maybe once a year, you know, but it passes that boundary when they freaking quadruple texted you in one day when you don't even respond back. And it's just like, I just met you. And you're already messaging me about your own personal problems. Yeah, I imagine he's a very lonely person. Yeah, he so that's the thing. It's just like mm-hmm. he finally met someone who took the time out of their day to listen to them. And he's just like, wow, I've never gotten this before. And this like sort of obsession happens and stuff like that. So um, I still have not opened up these messages. Um I don't really plan on saying anything back, but I do go back to work tomorrow, so I don't I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I think it's weird when you're working and you're trying to form this bond with someone who 
is essentially receiving the service that you're providing. Yeah. Like, I think it's so weird when people hit on you at work, especially because you have no choice but to be kind and nice to this person, right? You can't mm-hmm. just reject them up front necessarily. You just kind of have to keep it going because that's what you're expected to do. So I just feel like people should never try to go after someone while they're working. Yeah, I mean, so we decided not to record last week because a lot was going on. But on my end, my grandfather passed away on the 15th. So this was the first immediate death of a family member I've had in my family. So I've never really attended many funerals or at least not of anyone this close to me. And... I didn't really know how to feel when the news broke out. So my my uncle had texted my sister and I, and I thought I'd feel a really strong emotion. You know, Mm -hmm. I would say really painful emotions for me is definitely what, like, heartbreak. And the night that I received the news, I, I, I couldn't really pinpoint how I was feeling. It felt like nothing, but at the same time, I couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really feel the pain. I guess, supposedly, I just feel like it didn't hit. And I was talking to my cousin about this, and she said that when her father died, she couldn't cry for two months to two years until one day she was just showering and it randomly hit her, and then she was bawling her eyes out. So it was interesting to see how everyone was grieving. Do you think it's hit you yet? It has in little ways, like... The week of the funeral, like days leading up to it, my family was celebrating in a way. Um, So like we would have karaoke nights. We would kind of pretend that it wasn't a problem, right? But then the day after the funeral, we had went to get lunch and it kind of just hit me for a second there. Like, oh, we're all having a good time right now, but my grandfather's not here. You know, it's like, why are we having a good time after the funeral was just yesterday? And yeah, it would just come in little, little aspects of my life. Like my grandfather used to drink silk almond milk, like the extra vanilla kind all the time. So now every time I pour almond milk into my, my drink in the morning, I can't help but think of it. And it's kind of just this feeling of emptiness. You initially feel for a few seconds and then it would just go away. And I think... I guess that's how I would describe the feeling of losing someone. Like, you you still have to go on with your life, right? That was, like, the weirdest thing for me to kind of, like, dwell on. Because the day after we came back from the funeral, everyone still had to go back to work. And everyone just had to keep moving. Mm -hmm. And that's so strange to me. But, like, what can you do besides continue on with your life? And you kind of said this in your text message too, how you, you know, he lived a really, really long life and not, I feel like funerals shouldn't always be seen as like a ceremony of death, but maybe also like a ceremony of celebration of everything he's went through and experienced in his life. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Like my grandfather has survived cancer. He's had shingles, pneumonia. Like this man has battled so much in his life like this is not even you know all the things he's had to go through when he first arrived in america Mm -hmm. because back in vietnam he came from a very poor family so what he did for a living was you know those like horse carriages so he'd be the Mm -hmm. the man who was like carrying that so that's how he made a living back then 
And I think a really sad thing I found out was that the last few years since he first got shingles, that was when he started developing dementia. Mm. And so my uncle was saying that when he had asked my grandfather what year he thought it was, he thought it was 1998. Yeah. And it's pretty sad because the doctor said that patients who have dementia, when they're about to die, they might not even know who they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of people experience dementia where they're older. I just have a feeling that I'm going to experience it and I'm going to be so frustrated at myself. I I don't know. I actually had this thought the other day because I had this moment where I lost my just I mean, everyone does that. They lose their train of thought. But I think the other day I got more frustrated than I usually get when that happens. I'm just like. I was saying something, but then I just totally forgot. And I started getting frustrated at myself. It's like... Isn't this just a normal symptom of aging, though? Like, even now, I find myself getting really frustrated when I can't think of a word up the top of my head. It's like, I know what I want to say. I just... It's just not coming to me. And I've never had this issue with, like, this recollection before. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I had dementia in the future, too. I know. And just, like, (laughs) I was being just, like, these, like... (laughs) Um, old angry woman that just (laughs) what did you say five minutes ago um i i do have some sense of comfort though knowing that hours before he passed we were still able to video chat him one last time Mm -hmm. and due to covid because he had contacted covid unfortunately that i have to complain about by the way but yeah so they only allowed one in per- one person in person mm-hmm. visitor so thankfully my grandmother was allowed to see him for one last time as well yeah. yeah so yeah what was really messed up is that for the last few years my grandfather has been in a nursing home and so he had contacted covid while in a nursing home mm-hmm. along with a bunch of other people too and that's just so crazy like you would think that a place that has so many high-risk patients because they're all so elderly that they would do something or that they would be more on top of it. So it was like really frustrating to hear that. Mm-hmm. People are just very, I was going to say unaware, but they technically know what they're doing when they're not taking precautions. I think just a lot of human beings, they just don't think about the consequences that much. It, they, they always think that yeah. like, oh, what's going to make my life easier at this moment? Yeah, and doesn't really hit them until it actually affects them personally. Mm-hmm. And I would never wish death of a family member on anyone. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, just, you know, like, don't be lazy. Just wear a mask, <laughs> I <man>. know. <laughs> but yeah, I've just been trying to get back into a routine again. Mm-hmm. And just trying to pretend that it's normal. This is the new norm for me. Oh, and it's like, this is the, this was the first time that I've ever heard my family and even myself talk so comfortably about death. Mm -hmm. So I realized that funeral expenses are so high. Yes. Yes. When we were browsing the cemetery, we saw this giant mausoleum and this monument that was bought by this, um, this family that was from old, old money. And it's estimated that if anyone were to have a plot like that, in modern day, it'd be well over a million dollars. Oh my god. Yeah, so that just goes to show like how extreme funeral expenses can be, but I think that plot alone was at least 80, 80 plots. 
so my my family has was just like joking around like oh yeah we should get like our own mausoleum and then we should all be buried next to each <laughs> <Yeah>. other <laughs> pulling on your money guys <laughs> yeah it's like that that is the goal we, we need to be buried together, together. <laughs> all like that yeah Aw, but I'm I'm glad you're doing okay now, and you know you're gathering your sense of self back and trying to get back um back into a routine and stuff like that. How how do you feel about death? See, I've never had anyone in my immediate family pass away, but I know that I wouldn't handle it well. I don't think anyone would be like, oh, I would handle death well. Um, I don't know. It's like. I, I mean, I know it's going to happen one day. I just hope it doesn't happen anytime soon, which I don't think it will. Yeah, and there's um, there's really nothing that can prepare you for that moment. Nope. I don't know if it would make a difference if I knew they were going to die within a period of time or if it's like versus like an immediate death. I don't think there's one that I would prefer, honestly. Because even when you know someone's going to pass away, that kind of... Sp- pain and suffering like prolongs even more oh yeah like with my grandfather we had known that he was getting really weak and that just getting COVID that was like the cherry on top that was like the last thing Mm -hmm. that could possibly happen to really send him over so my uncle was preparing for his his death and his funeral stuff for a few months now Mm mm-hmm yeah, but even even then, it doesn't make it any easier when it actually happens. Oh, let me tell you about... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, I don't have a ton of family over here, or at least I didn't think I did. Mm-hmm. But for the funeral, my grandfather's one of his other daughters, who I've never seen in my life. Like mm-hmm. I've heard only terrible things about her. Oh, gosh. And, ooh. You know, like, in the Vietnamese, they have this saying, um, I, I don't know the actual phrase, yeah. but basically, basically it translates to crocodile tears, right? Mm-hmm. So oh, when oh, oh. someone who's never been really involved in the family, they just show up to show face, mm-hmm. maybe pretend to cry, and then that's it. Like, this woman was Instagram live like, Are she you was serious? The funeral service. Yeah, and, like, no one said a word to her because it was the most absurd thing. Like, she would have her phone up close to what, up close to my grandfather in his casket and saying, like, oh, yeah, this is my dad. Like, it was so weird. And then the entire time, she was just, like, vlogging it all. And so my grandfather was Buddhist and so for his service, we had gotten some monks to kind of like chant and do this ritual to send him, you know, to the next place, mm-hmm. right? And so even the monk was like, to this woman, how are you going to, uh, or like, how are you going to help me carry these candles if you are holding your phone? Kind of like hinting at like, yeah. hey, maybe you should stop. And then she was like, oh, and she was speaking to my mom, like, she's like, oh, she'll help me carry the other one. It's like, she didn't get it at all. How old is she? She's like 60-something. A 60-year-old so woman doing all that? Oh she's a little God. cuckoo, yeah. So there's, like, a reason why we haven't been super involved with her, or she hasn't been involved with us. She's a bit, like, loose up there. <laughs> <laughs> is she married? Uh, I think she lost her husband. 
Oh. I don't know what the situation is. I think she has a boyfriend now. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, she has a... Yeah, so she has a daughter who we met for the first time also this previous week. And the daughter said that her mom had never spoken a word about our side of the family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my family is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> did, the, did the daughter seem uh, normal? Oh, yeah, yeah. She seemed normal. We karaoke together. Oh, uh, so okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so she's cool. Yeah. Damn. I feel like I'm like, I don't know. Now, I was going to say, like, I want some excitement in my life, but then I don't. It's not correlating to wanting something like dramatic like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, shoot, maybe I caused this. I was like, man, I want something spicy to happen, but this is. This is not the spicy I want. This isn't spicy. This was sour. No, this was bitter. Yeah, that's bitter. I like sour. Yeah, I mean, this episode was really just us speaking about whatever we wanted. I guess we both felt like we needed sort of a, not break, but kind of like a, a cleanse yeah. in a way yeah. to refresh. Um, but I do know that people have said that they preferred the episodes where we kind of just speak off the cusp, like it's a more natural conversation. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this was still entertaining. I think I I do like hearing people speak off the cusp because um, it's just like a kind of um, a sense of distraction in a good way. Like I think that's why like Joe Rogan podcasts are so popular because he, nothing scripted. He just let them. He just lets his guests talk about anything, and it's just like natural to just you know. It's like one of those moments where um. Whenever, you know, back in the day, I would go out with my friends and stuff and we'd come back and chill at the apartment and, you know, I'm like dead by now, by then, because I'm an old woman and I just lay on the couch and I just hear my friends talk. I think that's how I see it. You know, I just enjoy just being there and hearing other people talk. Yeah. And to be honest, the episodes where we have a topic and we do research for it, those stress me out the most because then I feel like, (laughs) oh, I have to get this line in. I have to get Mm -hmm. this quote in. But yeah, so I I got a new deck of tarot cards that I got from the bookstore. I'm super excited to try out and learn more about. So Mm -hmm. maybe I'll pull a card to end things off. Yeah. Mm, Any any specific question you have or maybe we can think of like how I can ask like how will next month be for our podcast? Oh, I guess next month is coming up too. Next week. (laughs) How's our podcast? Oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> um, so I guess, I don't know what I want to know. It's just like, maybe I'm just like feeling a little bit lost with our podcast. I want some sort of direction in terms of where we should be going. Okay. I'll, I'll pull this card for you then. So we kind of want to see what the future holds for the podcast or at least for next month next what month. direction we should mm-hmm. go down or the next couple months I, I yeah all right so i just pulled the page of cups Ooh, and i really like this deck of tarot cards because look at the artwork it's so cute and oh colorful. my gosh oh it's so cute yeah so the theme for this is like fairy tales and mythology mm. so page of cups let me pull out the book all right so the page of cups is connected to his emotions and expresses himself wholly with youthful purity. In this card, one of the seven young moon siblings play with their, the Chinese god of same-sex relationships who ties the red thread of fate that connects lovers. So this represents youthfulness, idealism, sensitivity, 
romance, and spirituality. All right. So, like, I'm not that great at, like, interpretations or anything because I literally <laughs> just got this. So take that as you will. So it seems like this is telling us to connect more with our emotions, to express ourselves like, more wholly and purely. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's kind of like what we're doing, right? Like, we are all about being authentic, staying true to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking this as we should continue speaking authentically and yeah. expressing ourselves in our emotions. So it seems like we're on a good path because we're already kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lucid in Translation. Please check out our other socials on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. TikTok, all at Lucid in Translation for other content. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.